Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 42, and I'm drinking Saint-Germain Elderflower Liqueur, also known as Saint-Germain. As a listener, you should expect that I will be well-researched and educational, entertaining, and consistent in my reviews. I created this podcast as a way for me to drink more, and exploring the world of distilled spirits through this podcast gives me that excuse. So, I chose St. Germain for this episode because I've been wanting to try it for some time. It's very elegant, and I got a gift pack. So, that's why it is now time to dive deep into St. Germain. The bottle I have for this episode is a standard 750 milliliters. It is 20% alcohol by volume, making it 40 proof, and it retails for around $35. The bottle is an Art Deco design created by the brand founder himself. It's rounded at the top, fluted down the sides, tapering slightly in the middle. Blue and gold labels adorn the bottle in small vertical strips to work with the fluted style. I did get this in a gift pack, as I mentioned, and it includes the St. Germain plus a branded one liter acrylic carafe and a stir rod for making a carafe of St. Germain spritz. The box the gift pack came in is beautiful. It's very on brand and highlighted with elderflower photography throughout. Okay, let's crack it open. I am quite excited. I have never had St. Germain. I've owned this bottle for over a month. I got it around uh, the Christmas holidays. When I taste spirits on this podcast, I like to open the bottle while I'm recording and give you my listener, my kind of first impressions of this spirit. So here we go. Let's crack it open. Plastic screw cap. It's nice, nice design. Set that off to the side. And when I do tastings, I taste spirits neat. And I use a clean Glencairn. It's a standard nosing glass. It's designed for whiskey originally, but it's perfect for all spirits. And so I drink the spirit at room temperature, no dilution, no ice. So let's go for a pour. In the glass, you'll notice the color is a pale straw golden color. It almost looks like hay, I guess is how I would describe the color. A little bit of legs or alcohol tears. It coats the glass. That's a hallmark of some of the sugar content. I know there's sugar in it. It's a liqueur. The difference between a liquor and a liqueur is a liqueur will have sugar added. And on the nose, ooh, tropical fruit is first. It's floral. There's maybe grapefruit. Yeah, kind of a a sweet tropical grapefruit with floral undertones is how I experience it on the nose. And on the palate. Mm. Wow. Ooh. Oh, I need another, another taste before I tell you what I think I oh (laughs) this is surprisingly good Mm. there's a real sweetness to it it's not cloying meaning it doesn't have too much sugar it's got a very nice mouthfeel though because of the sugar but it's a correct balance oh there's a 
a beautiful richness of tropical fruits as I smell it. And then, then it's the elderflower. Um, but really tropical fruits, pear, there's a sweetness. Let me try it again. I get a, a bright, intense flavor right in the middle of the palate that is, it's fleeting, and I can't quite describe it, but it's a little something different than I say, to, oh, it's just, <laughs> this is wonderful. This is really good. It's got a really nice finish. I feel like I can just still taste the flavor, so it's got a nice long finish. Wow. St. Germain. <laughs> this is a good one. Ooh, I'm going for more. What gets me is the intensity that I don't have the words to describe kind of in the center of my palate. It's like a candy just bursting. Top notch. This may be one of my, this may be my favorite liqueur I've had. Wow. I can't believe I've had this sitting on the, the counter here for over a month. Not even opened it. Woo. All right. <laughs> it tastes great. Okay. It's time to talk history of St. Germain. St. Germain is a rather young spirit. It owes its existence to an innovator of the spirits industry, a man named Robert Cooper. Robert founded the Cooper Spirits Company in 2006, and the new company's first product was St. Germain, released in 2007. However, it's hard to believe that a newcomer based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania of all places, would have the industry connections, know-how, and deep understanding of what it took to be successful with a liqueur right out of the gate, especially to create a product like St. Germain that saw near instant acclaim. In fact, Robert Cooper was not a newcomer to the spirits business. He grew up in the family business of liqueurs. His grandfather acquired the oldest liqueurs company in the U.S. right after Prohibition, and Robert's father, Norton, invented Schomburg, the raspberry liqueur I featured in episode 36. Robert spent many years working for his father's firm, promoting Chambord around the world, learning the trade, and traveling to France where Chambord was made, as well as other significant spirits markets, including London. In 2006, Chambord was sold to Brown Foreman for $225 million. I haven't uncovered specific record of what share of the proceeds of the sale of Chambord Robert received, but what is known is that is the same year he struck out on his own, and formed his own spirits company. And regardless of his startup capital, he had ample industry connections with distributors, retailers, bars, and bartenders, and also knew an awful lot about production and marketing of a high-end liqueur. Robert said he was inspired to create St. Germain after encountering elderflower syrup used in cocktails in London, and further said that his father had rejected the idea of creating an elderflower liqueur when he brought it to him. So perhaps there's a bit of wanting to step out from his father's shadow and prove him wrong when Robert chose to pursue St. Germain. Whatever the case may be, he did it and did well. St. Germain launched in 2007, and the name St. Germain is inspired by Saint-Germain-de-Prés, an area of Paris influential in the Art Deco and Belle Epoque movements of France. The liqueur won Best of Show at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition the year it launched, and won gold medals at other competitions as well. The iconic bottle, a design of which is credited to Robert himself, appears top-heavy, but the thick glass base gives it the proper weight, and the sides are perfect for grasping. It's become an icon. The branding around St. Germain is top-notch, and it was fully formed at launch. 
The branding work was done by a design firm in my hometown of Portland, Oregon, at the time named Sandstrom Design, now known as Sandstrom Partners, as I believe the original founder has retired. But Sandstrom created the comprehensive brand identity for St. Germain, from the logo to the brand story, original website, point-of-sale materials, packaging, display items, sales collateral, fun promotional items like elaborate Paris-themed party hats, and more. It's beautiful, and I'm sure it was expensive, but the investment paid off. Sandstrom talked about the creative challenges the bottle design presented for labeling concepts and execution, but what they created in 2007 is by and large unchanged. The only difference I can see between my bottle and a photo of one from 2007 is what looks like a lack of a label on the cap. I'll provide a link to the Sandstrom website in show notes so you can view their tremendous work. Of course, credit is also due to Robert Cooper himself, and I have no doubt he inspired and approved the creative work done by Sandstrom. Great creative work is often a collaborative effort. Three years after St. Germain's launch, Robert Cooper accepted Wine Enthusiast Distiller of the Year Award. During his acceptance speech, he noted that a number of his distributor partners were in the room, and when he first went around and pitched them the idea of this esoteric product, he believed it was mostly charity that got them to buy a few cases. Beyond distributors helping get St. Germain launched, Robert credited the bartending and mixology community for embracing the spirit. The flavor of St. Germain improves many cocktails, and it quickly became a favorite. Mixing so well with so many spirits that St. Germain earned the nickname of Bartender's Ketchup, a reference to it being a way to fix or improve any lackluster cocktail. The success of St. Germain attracted a number of potential suitors, it's said, but Robert Cooper chose to divest, or sell, St. Germain to Bacardi in 2013 for an undisclosed sum. He did say it was more than I expected to see in a lifetime. As part of the deal, Robert stayed on as brand guardian and spokesperson. In discussing why he chose to sell to Bacardi, he noted that essentially Bacardi could be trusted to keep St. Germain as it was, to nurture it but not ruin it through either over-commercialization or mass production, nor to take advantage of some sort of economic opportunity, as he put it. Robert Cooper also noted that divesting to Bacardi would allow St. Germain to expand their reach and, while not go mass production, definitely the larger organization of Bacardi would give it the leverage and support that St. Germain needed to truly become a global product. Bacardi seemed to have been a good steward of the brand thus far. In late April of 2016, Robert Cooper died suddenly. The cause of his death was not revealed. The spirits world lost an innovator, a brand builder, and a visionary. He was survived by his wife and two children, along with the extended family. Robert Cooper was only 39 years old. His death was widely grieved in the bartending and cocktail world. Before Robert left this world, he had made a number of great choices. First and foremost was creating St. Germain so that we can enjoy it as consumers. The other, I would say, would be selecting Bacardi as the brand steward. I can raise my glass of St. Germain in a toast to Robert Cooper. So let's talk about how St. Germain is made. St. Germain, of course, needs elderflowers. They claim there are a thousand flowers in each bottle. It's made in Burgundy in the town of Dijon in France in the foothills of the French Alps. Elderflowers grow on the elder tree 
If the blossoms are left to fruit, you'll get elderberries, from which elderberry wine has been made for centuries. What St. Germain did was capitalize on the European tradition of making elderflower-flavored syrups, and production was set up in France. The blossoms are hand-harvested, and there's only about a three- or four-week period in late spring when the flavor and aroma of the flowers are at their peak for harvest. Each bloom actually only blooms over the course of about two to three days, so they have to be harvested within this three- to four-week period when they're blooming. Because the flowers are so delicate, it's said around a hundred French farmers fan out across the region to hand-harvest the blooms, and carefully transport them to the distillery at peak freshness. Crushing the flowers is said to release bitterness, and part of the brand's story is the use of specially fitted bicycles with which the farmers transport their harvest. They're paid by the kilo, and bikes seem to be the best way to transport the blooms. The bicycle features prominently in St. Germain branding, appearing on the front label, and elsewhere. They even made a St. Germain branded bicycle that you could buy. The flowers are macerated in hot water using a special technique, which is a trade secret, that captures the aroma and flavors and produces a pure infusion of elderflower. This infusion is then blended with a quality eau de vie de vin, or a grape brandy, some sugar, water, and neutral grain spirit to get the proof just right and the flavor just so. The golden yellow color comes from the pollen present in the flowers, and it's all natural. I haven't uncovered details of blending or bottling, but what I do know is that the front label of each bottle includes a serial number label, with the last two digits noting the year the flowers were picked. My bottle ends in 19, so this is from the 2019 harvest. Therefore, St. Germain is somewhat of a vintage product with an age of manufacture stated on the label. It's bottled in 50 milliliter, 750 milliliter, and likely 70 centiliters for Europe and perhaps larger sizes as well. On to cocktails and consumption. If there was ever a liqueur that was made for cocktails, St. Germain is it. And the most famous cocktail for St. Germain is simply known as the St. Germain cocktail or the St. Germain spritz. It's one and the same. This cocktail is a rare case when an easy-to-make cocktail invented by and promoted by the brand became popular in its own right. The spritz is so well-regarded that St. Germain invites you to mix it by the pitcher, or carafe, as the case may be. Shortly after the product was launched, St. Germain began producing branded glass carafes in order to make the spritz. The recipe is simple. For a single serve, it's just one and a half ounces of St. Germain, two ounces of brute champagne or dry sparkling wine, and two ounces of sparkling water. My gift pack came with a one liter acrylic carafe that's marked on the back with how much champagne to pour in, how much St. Germain liqueur, and how much sparkling water, and a stir rod. But beyond the St. Germain spritz or cocktail, the liqueur gets its nickname of bartender's ketchup with good reason. It goes well with almost any base spirit. It elevates cocktails and adds a little something extra to them. Its reputation as a revivalist of cocktails is also well-deserved. The craft cocktail boom had begun in the early 2000s, and St. Germain appearing on the scene in 2007 really gave bartenders a new flavor to experiment with to make drinks around and to feature. It also gave them a reason to dust off some other liqueurs that had been around for a while and try experimenting with them. 
Recipes and uses for St. Germain abound. I'll share the St. Germain cocktail recipe in show notes. So in summary, what do I think of St. Germain? To be honest, I had high expectations for it, but it's exceeded them. The flavor is exquisite. It's really amazing. I've been drinking more than I should while recording this episode just neat. And oh, it's got this intensity of a flavor. Oh my gosh. If this is a spirit, track it down. Try some St. Germain. It is amazing. But as for the story of St. Germain, I think the Washington Post summed it up very well. And I'll just quote what they said. They said that St. Germain, a lightly sweet elderflower liqueur that launched in 2007 and then broke and spread across the drink scene like a slow-moving tsunami. With its mysterious flavor, its gracefully grooved Art Deco bottle, and a lovely brand mythology about how its elderflowers are harvested by little old men on bicycles in some idyllic French-speaking location, way prettier than wherever you were, it wore a costume of age and continental elegance, but was actually a newcomer. It had behind it the passion and energy of Robert Cooper, who at the time was only in his early 30s. I could scarcely give a better account of it. I created the Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur podcast to explore stories of iconic distilled spirits, and St. Germain has got a wonderful story. The way the Washington Post said that it wore the costume of age and continental elegance is spot on. There was this mythology, this story around it that supports the actual product. The actual product is stunningly good. I am so surprised by it. And then what I'd refer to as the the trade dress or the get up, the bottle, the packaging, the labeling, just the brand persona is amazing. It looks like it's been around forever since the Art Deco times at least, but it's not even 20 years old. It is new for a spirit, but it's earned its place forever as long as they can keep making it and Bacardi is uh, maintains their stewardship over the brand. I think it'll have a place on bars forever. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, etc. The show's also on social media. Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. Please leave me your feedback. And if there's a spirit you want me to explore, please let me know. And as always, thank you for listening.